2: Hi everyone, welcome back to The Always Arsenal Show, end of season review, awards and everything really, we're just going to cover everything and I've just got the best guests with me, the ones that have been with me during the whole time The Always Arsenal Show has been born this is my 21st show since January. I'm knackered. Oh. But the good news is I am still going to go through the summer. Can you believe that? I'm going to have yeah. shows through the summer with some really good guests on and these boys as well. Right. Cookie, welcome back.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on as always.
2: Oh, you are so welcome. Albert, love you. Thanks for coming back on.
0: Of course. Last day in May. Look forward to June in it. Come on.
2: Well, it's someone's birthday tomorrow, and this is the reason we're doing it tonight, but I'm not going to say who yet. Uh, suburban guna Chris, darling, thank Hello. you for joining us again. Thank you very much. Um, I love that
3: um, James has got the face of somebody that's just spent two and a half hours on the M25.
2: I know. We need to chill, James.
1: Well, I mean... You know, not not that I'm going to nitpick, but there and back, we're probably looking at four hours. So, I mean, uh, you know, not not to rub salt into my own wounds, but yeah, I mean, let's just just move on. Let's just move on. I've had enough of it already.
2: (laughs) So where James and I live, the M25 is a frigging nightmare. Anyway, everybody, so the end of the season, not exactly how we wanted it to go, but sort of how I thought it was going to go, just not in that drastic manner, if I'm honest. Um, I thought we'd lose the Spurs, and I think I was on with you, James and Chris, before the game. I wasn't sure. I didn't fancy it. But I thought we were going to beat Newcastle. I did. I thought we were going to come out and do what we did at Villa. Um, Right, so what we're going to do, we're just going to go a quick brief with the three of you about how you think the season went. Let's do some awards. So, Albert, you and I have been on many shows together since the start. Mm. I'm 100% behind Arteta, and you're Mm -hmm. not so sure, are you? So, of course, we're all disappointed we're not in the Champions League, but we're back in Europe, so I'm okay. I'm actually not that disappointed. How do you feel when the season ended?
0: Oh, where do I start? Um, I'm actually not getting well in comparison to many people, depending on their views about um, Arteta. I'm probably... In between, I'm, I, I don't, I don't sort of love him. I, I don't sort of go down the other spectrum of some people going a bit too deep, you know, too far deep into why they don't think he's the main man, or for, for whatever reasons they don't. But I think for me, this season, um, I think it's just it's to me it's a missed opportunity massively. You know, um, during a season, goals and objectives change. Actually, in any job, even in your own job, goals and objectives Mm. change. Um, Did I think Arsenal get top four beginning of the season? Absolutely not. Um, I think there's only one point in the season where I thought they might get it done. And that wasn't even a definitive yes. And that's probably with about three, four games to go, maybe five games to go. But um, yeah, I mean, that that, that performance, I, I have to take it right to the Newcastle game, if I'm being honest, Amanda, because that was the one, that was the one. And it was a tough watch. Um, we didn't look like winning that game. We didn't look like scoring. And, and I think what people sort of need to remember is, yes, we have a very good record at St James's Park. I think they've only beaten us once before, they obviously beat us before the end of the season, once in mm. life, but this is not a Newcastle side that's under Steve Bruce or, or an Alan Pardew or Sam Allardyce. Eddie Howe has done absolute wonders there. I think they've had the best turnaround in the Premier League after the first 18 games. So that tells you everything. Um, and like people said, Amanda, it looked like they was going for the Champions League spot rather than us. So for me to keep it short, because I want to let the other guys talk, but for me, a missed opportunity. And it's a shame. Big shame.
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, we go back to the old adage, don't we? You know, after three games, we'd have bitten anybody's hand off to get fifth. But... People are still saying, but we had it. It was in our hands. We had that chance. So, Chris, where where do you stand? Are you sort of um, getting what Albert's saying? Or yeah. Do you... it's
3: just... So if I if I can use a, a golfing analogy, I do like my golf. Feels like this season has been like a par five, and the first shot we've absolutely shanked one into the uh, rough about fifty yards in front of us on the right hand side, thinking. Oh, blimey, that's a bit of a shocker. But we've pulled out some sort of monster fairway wood and we've nuked one down the middle to to be in, on, the, on the fairway for two, doing quite well, you know, mid-season point. So that shank was the first three games. Mid-season point, we pick it up. We're starting to do well. Back on the green, we've, we've had an absolute beauty just to lay ourselves just short of the green, dead straight. Now, that's the form that we had in that middle part of the season. And then we're getting towards the end of the season now. And we've got if you're going to go down, if you're going to if you're going to talk about this season as a, a golfing analogy, par was Europa League for me. That was you get there in five. Okay, that's a par. What we were on the course for was a birdie with three or four games to go. We laid up. We had a 10 foot putt to just knock it in for a birdie and say, thank you very much. That's a good hole. That's a good season. But what we've done is absolutely messed up that final touch. So we've had some really, really good points. We had a really shocking start, but we messed it at the end. And I'm with you, Albert, like that game against Newcastle, I know we had bits on and I've written down a few options for like best match, worst match, all of that sort of stuff. But I can't look look beyond that Newcastle game because it it hit me hard, like proper hard because I was really positive beforehand. And I will admit to you all now, I I, I deleted the Twitter app from my phone I deleted Facebook from my phone. I still kept the accounts, but I just deleted those. I didn't listen to a single podcast. And bear in mind, I run every day. So I listen to multiple Arsenal podcasts every day. Didn't listen to a single podcast for a week and a half. I didn't blog for a week. I was just, I went cold turkey on Arsenal. I was like, stressing me out too much. And that Newcastle game just, yeah, sent me over the edge. But time to process. I can get the excitement back. And I'm starting to feel the feel the excitement getting back because I do think that you can look at some of the positives that we've had. And definitely there are some upsides, providing we do the business in the summer.
2: Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. And I, I sort of get that. I'm not really into golf, but I sort of got it.
0: So i've
2: a birdie. <laughs> I sort of remembered the golf thing from years ago. Um so yeah, I mean I remember being on Twitter, James, um before the Tottenham match, and everyone was saying it's you know it's it's our game in hand. It doesn't matter if we lose, and I never really understood that. I didn't get what people meant by that because they had to win. We didn't have to win, but we did. You know, and and it's proved that we did. And I remember someone saying, "You don't get it, Amanda. We've got Newcastle." No, no, I do get it. I've watched Arsenal since 1973, and I, that's not even an exaggeration. You just knew what was going to happen because we had this game in hand on them. So, James, disappointed, overachieved, underachieved? What's your thoughts on it?
1: bit of everything, really. Um, I'm, I'm more disappointed in the way we curtailed and finished below Spurs than I am with regards to the actual position that we finished i've not really got a massive issue with finishing fifth it's just the way we've capitulated as we've seen us do in so many seasons gone by and then to finish below spurs i mean even if it was united finishing fourth that wouldn't hurt as much but the fact it's spurs and we lost that crucial game at such an important time in the season that's what really really is a kick in the nutsack um and that's kind of what made me feel so demoralized after that game against newcastle and it was such a topsy-turvy season, because after those three defeats to um, Southampton, Brighton, and I've already forgotten the other one that we lost, uh, but we came back in those games against Chelsea and United, and then just to kind of have that that hope snatched away from you, and we got into such a good position again to finish in the top four, and uh, then to throw it against Spurs in the way that we did with the red card, the penalty... And then that game against Newcastle, that's the one that I I really struggled to process. At the time I was really, really hurting after that one. And it took me a while to kind of grieve almost for that result because it was so so bad. We just didn't turn up. And you'd have thought of all the games we had, you know, that game was bigger than the North London derby at that point. You expected a performance and we didn't get any performance whatsoever. We, we hardly registered a shot on target. We just weren't in the race at all in that game. And that's what really hurt, because it just felt like, where are we going at this point? But I took a bit of time to process it and, um, you know, I've, I've made my peace with coming fifth. I think the Europa League is still a fantastic competition for us. The Champions League, you know, it's it's not always the best mentality. I feel a bit stupid saying this, but, you know, it might not have been the right time for us to necessarily be in it because I feel like the Europa League realistically is a competition we can win. We've got loads of young players that are going to get more game time, potentially new signings that will get more game time. You know, Eddie and Ketty's contract looks potentially like quite a good deal if he's going to get Europa League minutes. So, you know, I've got no problems with it whatsoever. And if we were to lift the Europa League, I'd be absolutely buzzing. So um, I'm, you know, absolutely uh, ecstatic still about next season. Finishing fifth doesn't change that at all.
2: I think, and I totally get it. And you're right, James. And, you know, first of all, I want to say hello to everyone in the chat room. Sorry, I forgot to do that. And if you could press like and subscribe, that would be amazing. Um, welcome. And I'm going to ask you for all your um, reviews of the year as well. If you'd like to put them up, if you'd like to type them out, I'll put them up. And James, I get that. And I think I remember saying halfway through the season when we were sort of seventh, it'd be amazing. If we got in the Europa League, I reckon we could win it. If we get in the Champions League, we'll be out the first round. You know, we're not ready yet, but every single one of us would have wanted to beat Tottenham, wanted to beat Newcastle and ended up fourth. There's no doubt about that. But I think sitting here now, if if we were fourth and lording it over them and having a laugh about it all, realistically I'd have been a bit nervous going into the Europa League I've got more confidence exactly what you were trying to say James that you know we've got a great young squad now Tierney and Party got injured at so the wrong time it deflated the squad everyone goes back to January Albert they go back to the fact that he got rid of Aubameyang which was right to do because he wasn't scoring goals so that there's, you know, and I, know, I, know I love all the Abamian people on me. But I still stand by that. But we didn't strengthen. And I think his argument was if I can't get what I want, I'm going to be saddled with what I don't want. So I get that. So he didn't strengthen. And this is a massive thing all Arsenal fans say. He messed it up in January. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Um, yeah, i probably echo a, a lot of what the Arsenal fans thought at the time. I, I thought it was, I wasn't confident, I'll be honest with you, Amanda, going by Arsenal's previous history in terms of January transfer windows because we're not very good at it. Um, we, we don't recruit well or we don't recruit at all. Um, but like I said, goals and objectives change. We we come into the 1st of January, we lose the city, but we're in, still in a good position anyway. I've never seen a transfer policy like it where you get, let so many players go out on loan, you thin the squad. Even though you're in a position of strength and expect this young side with a bit of experience, touch of experience, to get top four. It was never going to happen. Um, You know, goals scored in this team, in this Arsenal side for a few years, to be honest with you. If you take away last season, um, we were down on goals scored in the last four Premier League seasons. And that's even with Young here at the club, when he's at the club. But... I don't have an issue with him going. That's the thing. But if you're going to do it, then you bring somebody in. Now, if Arsenal are going to, if Arsenal Football Club are trying to tell the fans, which I'm assuming they are, that, you know, if it was possible to get somebody out there during January, they would have done it. Either they're incompetent in bringing players in or they're lying. Or it's a bit of both. Because I cannot believe, I look at other clubs in the Premier League, I had this kind of conversation with another Arsenal fan. The likes of Newcastle, the, the you know Liverpool brought in Diaz. You know people they strength they they strengthened in areas that they needed to strengthen. Yes, Newcastle could have gone down at the t- at the time. It's a gamble, but at least they addressed the areas. Even Brighton did some business in terms of bringing players into help, but to not bring in anybody. And again, no disrespect to the two American boys that have come joined Arsenal, but that was just to me. That was that was. That, that was a car crash window. Um, you know, but Albert, was, as yeah. Phil
2: says, look, very true. Arteta gambled big in January and he almost pulled it off. He did, he almost did it with one, a few points. So, would you still be sitting here now saying this if we'd have hit fourth?
0: Yeah, yeah but we're not, yeah, but that's what we're not, and that, and that's the whole point. And that's all if parts and maybes, but. We didn't pull it off. But it
2: was a gamble. You you know, it was a a gamble, wasn't it? And maybe, you know, I do feel, Albert, that sometimes not only you, millions and millions of fans don't understand how hard it is to bring players in, okay, on the right contracts. Artes is trying to, uh, you know, know, I always play devil's advocate. I know you think I love him, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. And there's a lot of people that don't agree with me, but I'm just saying... He's right. Why would you want to be saddled with someone in January that you've got to take through to July, that you can't get who you wanted in July? I sort of get that, what he was trying to say. But yeah, you're right in a way, Albert. He thinned the squad. And that wasn't a great uh, attribute. Not attribute. I'm trying to think
0: of the words. Yeah. Let me let me just say, look, look, I've said this. I've said this 100 times before. People going about the January win- January transfer window being a difficult window it's supposed to be difficult. It's a transfer window, regardless of it's January or the summer. Why? Why is that? You know, the people go, "Oh, we don't want to make the same mistakes as before." But you have people in charge, so that the mistakes are not repeated. But you, if even if you're not going to bring anybody in on the permanent, to not bring anybody in on loan it was crazy. I, I'm sorry, but you know, this thing about there's too many excuses. I don't expect transfer windows to be easy, but they're not impossible. So. To not help the squad, even though we keep talking about how young they are, it's, to me, it's crazy.
2: But Albert, you can't, and I'm, I'm not going to take someone else's words, but I agree. Robert Stevens says, it's an interesting one. I do feel we should have strengthened, especially when we got rid of Oba. And we did need a midfielder as well. But as you said, Amanda, you don't buy for the sake of it. And that's the thing, Albert, isn't it? That's what he was trying to say. He... He could have got a player in that did nothing for us as well. There could have been that side of it. You're thinking someone's going to come in and, and is going to strengthen. It was a calculated risk that didn't pay off, and it well, it sort of has paid off because we've got fifth. We have got European football, and it's back. Albert. can I argue? Can I argue something in, in
3: return? Just, I'm going I'm to Albert and I are on this side of the fence now because I'm agreeing with him. So. You could sign nobody, or you can do less than sign nobody and get rid of players. And that's what we did. We did less than nothing because we offloaded players. It's, it's worse. Like doing nothing is fine. But then you say and I, I've used this example a couple of times, so apologies, but oh, oh. Not there. Um, oh. <laughs> that's my windows uh, windows open. Uh, yeah, I said this use this example before, but when Conte won the league with Chelsea. It's a well-known situation that he and Costa hated each other, but he kept the peace because Costa was a quality player that saw them over the line. And then as soon as the season was done, they won the league. I think he sent him a text and said, you'll never play for me again. But he did that as soon as he'd secured what he needed to secure. What we did is we gambled right in the middle of a situation that was still within our control. And that was the bit for me, which is a big issue. The second thing is I've had so many people say, I had so many podcasts as well, podcasters say, yeah, but uh, this is right at the end of January. Yeah, but if we stay fit, we've got a good team here. When has is, when is Arsenal, when have Arsenal, the club, ever had 11 players True. that have stayed fit? Was it like the late late 80s or something, when we could only have 12 or 13 players in the squad? And the yeah. final thing I'll say, and then we should probably bring Cookie in, because otherwise he's not going to get a single word in edgeways, is Tottenham got over the line. They gambled with two players they brought in on loan. And they still won't and and they've they've finished fourth. So, I just I think that January was. I'm with Albert. It was a massive mistake. Okay.
2: So Musa agrees. You don't need to buy. You can take players on loan. However, as Albert said, why loan out players, which in turn weaken the squad? I am going to bring in Cookie now. Um, your thoughts on that? And then we're going to go to the awards.
1: Uh, I think out of all the players we got rid of, I can't say hand on heart any of them are going to be getting in the team anytime soon. I think that's the only argument I've got for that we weaken the squad. And I'm not denying it because we did. We did weaken the squad. Um, when Tommy Ashley was out injured and Cedric was having a few iffy games, which were few and far between, by the way. I mean, you're looking at someone like Maitland-Niles, who wasn't, he, he barely got in the Roma team in mm. his time there. Callum Chambers, who's doing pretty okay at centre-half for Villa. But, you know, is he going to play centre-half for Arsenal? I mean, he was below Rob Holden in the pecking order. I don't think so. That's not to say that he's worse than Rob Holding. I think out of the two of them, I'd probably have rather kept Callum Chambers and Rob Holding to be quite honest with you. Um, Pablo Marie, was he going to get in the Arsenal team? No, I don't think so. I think the only one you can genuinely make a case for is Aubameyang. And, you know, ties has been cut there. And I'm totally with you, Chris. I-, I wish we had either kept the peace with him and just said, look, we are on the brink of of getting this club back to where it needs to be. Please, let's just put our differences to one side and ride this out for the next five months. And then, you know, you can get your move to Barcelona. What's happened is he's gone to Barcelona. We're still paying a portion of his wages and we're a striker down. Like, it's it's mental when you look at it in those terms. And at the time, like, it didn't look like that bad of a deal because Lacazette was playing pretty well. You know, we were all saying, Oh, you know, it doesn't really matter if Lacazette scores no goals because he's bringing all these other players into the team. And he curtailed enormously, like in, in around February, March time. Um, and then, of course, we ended up in the situation where we've kind of unleashed Nketia, which has worked quite well in his favor and has resulted in him getting a new contract. So, yeah, swings and roundabouts. Um, but I mean, getting rid of Obama Yang and, and not bringing someone else in, I think, no matter who it was, what, what, was, was a hindrance to this team. No
2: but he wasn't he scoring at. for us. Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: He wasn't he scoring and he's had a, a few, like, about four matches there where he's done and then he's, he's gone quiet again. I, Amanda,
1: Amanda, I'm, I'm with you. Like, he wasn't scoring for us. He wasn't necessarily... So what's the point? What, what, what's the point? We, like, we needed bodies. We needed alternatives. Like, we, we're getting rid of someone who's a proven goal scorer, who's done a lot for us over the past couple of years and we're bringing nobody else in. I mean, I'd like to have known how much time and effort we invested in Vlahovic mm. because that looked like it was yeah. going to be an almost certain done deal. I think it was a case of we got too late in the window, we panicked, and then we're looking at paying £80 for Izak, who's not really done anything in La Liga this season. I I don't really blame the club for not going out and doing that, but I think it would have made sense in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have said this at the time, but in hindsight to have brought someone in on loan, someone like Morata or Jovic, um, someone that can provide an alternative to what we've got. Because there were times where we just looked absolutely clueless, lacking in ideas and having someone that can bring something a little bit different, definitely wouldn't have gone amiss. miss. Mm. Can, I, right.
3: can I just jump in just with one, just with one thing on that? I'm, I'm with James here. And so one of the challenges that we had with Lacazette when he was at his worst is that Arteta didn't trust Nketiah. And whether or not that was right or wrong thing, he just didn't trust him. So we had a period of about six games where Nketiah was nowhere near the team. And we just had to plod through with Alexander I'm running through treacle Lacazette a man who in 36 games had six goals and eight assists now everyone's over indexing the impact that Lacazette had because I look at six goals and eight assists in 36 football matches as a terrible return for a guy that's nearly on 200 grand a week as I think he is I take what people say about Aubameyang but Aubameyang played 15 games and scored six goals and got four assists. He literally played less than half the number of games that um Lacazette did and we got the we got a better output from him but we should probably move on cuz we'll probably
1: stay on this all night. No no, remember a hat trick was against West Brom though. Like those are a little bit deceiving those stats.
2: I just want yeah. to um put Robert's comment up, which is true, how I see it. See, I do worry if we kept Aubameyang, what kind of influence or destruction he could have been in the dressing room. He had to go because he didn't respect Arteta at all, did he? Well, you could see that, turning up late. This is my problem. This, this, is, this is my problem with Aubameyang. Would I have loved to have kept him if he was scoring goals? Oh, of course, absolutely. I loved him when he played for us properly. But when he started disrespecting the club that we all love, no, nah, not for me. Right, okay. Uh, thanks for everyone in the chat room. Loving all your comments. Keep them coming. Um, Andy Love seems to be on the same page of me every week. Champions League qualification would have been far too early for this young squad. Europa League is our level and will not be a shock to the system next season. Steady progress is better. Andy, like a, a brother from another mother. That that's how I see it. Um, And surely you can all see that. Know that it's better to have the steadier progress considering where we were. Albert's going, shut up, Amanda.
0: No, I'm not saying that because people, because Arsenal fans have been saying it for time. I don't know every Arsenal fan. Look, we we came out of Europe after 20 or something years. We're back in it. Um, For me, what quickly, what has shown me this, the season just gone is that, and I hope I'm proved wrong, by the way, when I say this, that I don't think this, Team, maybe squad are good enough to get Champions League football via the league, but then you've got the problem in Europa League. We're asking Arteta to do something that no other Arsenal manager has done since 1994, and that's when it's European Trophy.
2: Yeah, Albert, because this is June tomorrow and the, the transfer window is not open. We don't know who's that's coming said, in. That's
0: why I said, I said we'll, we'll, yeah, that's why I kind It's of hard, me, isn't yeah. it?
2: Because come August, we can then sit there and go, okay, this is what we've got. How do we see this playing out? And we will do that. We'll have the, I don't do transfer shows. I think they're as boring as, you know what? Um, until someone's signed, I'll only talk about them then. I know that everyone loves sort of, if this is going to happen, it's, is he coming? Uh, when they sign, I'll talk about it. But I do feel that this transfer window is it. And I will say this now. Because everyone accuses me of being completely rose-tinted with Arteta. If he does not improve us next season, I think we will have to look at it, look at, you know, whether he's the right man or not. I've said it. I said it last season. I want to give him till next year. COVID, everything that's gone on, hopefully Amazon won't be with us next year. Um, and the transfer window. This transfer window is massive in my eyes. Right. Um. Just quickly, and I want a yes or no. Um, Enketti signed; he's not gone, so it looks like he's staying. Um, Chris, happy or not? In a couple of light seconds.
3: Not really, because I'm just—I just think this is a purple patch that he's going through, like Willock did last season. Hopefully, I'm wrong.
2: Okay, I think he's getting better and better and better. I—I I felt he was getting better and better and better. Hopefully, Cookie. Uh Did I yes sum, or
1: no. I can't sum it up quickly. Um, I think it goes back to what Chris <laughs> said earlier about uh you know the we, we didn't trust him enough to put him in ahead of a well out of form Lacazette and the fact he's had like five, six, seven, eight good games to reward him with such a big contract. It seems a bit crazy. I mean, I hope it works out, and I think you know, I, I can't knock him for any game he played, even in the 2-0 loss to Newcastle. He was given his all in that game, but I, again, I'm I'm worried. It's a purple patch. I sincerely hope he proves me wrong, though.
2: Okay, Albert, Eddie, yes or no?
0: No. Not happy. No.
2: Okay. No, no, no. But did you not see the improvement?
0: No, it's, uh, listen. This is not about. I, I'm, I'm sure he, he has worked hard, and which and I try, would, which is a kind of what I'd expect. Really, um, he's been given more starts, which is a difference because he hasn't had that many in his Arsenal career, um, particularly in the Premier League. But um, personally, you know, the contract offer was there for quite a long time, wasn't it? Um, so, if you really wanted to sign, then. But you know what? He's he's going to be here. But I'm not happy personally. No.
2: So the three of you are not. It's only me and Phil that seems to be happy. I think Eddie has grown in a short pace of time. I'm happy. Listen, I look at it. Um, oh, and James, J J J, cool J. I will prove you all wrong. It will be lovely if if that's true, because obviously, regardless of your views, everyone wants Arsenal to win. It doesn't matter who, does it? Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll come back in six months' time, and he's he's. First in those, the net with the goals and I can sit here and go, look, look, it's brilliant. No, we can only hope. Um, we can only hope. Right. Let's go to the awards, boys and girls. We're going to do it. And I want the um, people in the chat. We're going to go. We're going to go a little bit positive to begin with. Best match. All right. Best match. Albert, what was your best match of the season?
0: That's quite easy. Um, Arsenal 2-Wolves 1. Last-minute winner, stroke Lacazette, stroke the Wolves defender. Brilliant. Atmosphere was amazing. Um, big game at the time, buzzing for it. Uh, late night, midweek game. Yeah, so there's something about a last-minute winner. And I thought we deserved to win. And I thought God that night, actually, for his, for his work off the ball was exceptional. So, um, for me, that's a standout. 2-1. Okay. Um, Chris?
3: It's got to be North London Derby. The atmosphere for that first one at home was amazing. And the way we just blew them away by getting three goals in the first half, it's everything that you could hope for as an Arsenal fan. The North London Derbies are terrifying for me. So when you when you get in there, you're nervous, but the team just steps up and smashes them away. It made me feel like, do you remember when SES scored, like a few seconds after we'd scored the first goal? Years and years ago, I think we beat Tottenham 3-0. And from kickoff, Tottenham kicked off. And we ended up scoring within a few seconds to go 2-0 up. It felt like that. It was just elation.
2: Yeah. It's OK.
1: I've got to go for the 2-1 Wolves at home as well. Just the way that game looked like it had gotten mm. away from us, that we didn't look like scoring. Pepe and Nketiah to combine for the first goal and then Lacazette with that
0: scuffed effort. I mean, the atmosphere was just... It was and unreal, were, and, there was, and there was needle before we're yeah. over celebrating and all this rubbish from Nevers and Connor Cody. So so yeah.
1: it's, it's such a shame it didn't count for anything. <laughs> That's the only thing.
2: Oh, <laughs> it did. We got fifth. See, uh, positive un- one. Go, uh, go away. Go away. Um, I couldn't really choose between the North London derby and Chelsea away. Mm. I, you know, I always. We all love beating Chelsea. We all do, but that Chris is right. The atmosphere was phenomenal. Oh, and well. yeah, so that, I can't really choose. Right. If I had to, it'd be the North London derby. Okay, um, we're going to go a bit negative now. Worst match, Albert.
0: <clears throat> Newcastle away.
2: Okay,
0: Two, such, such an important match, massive, massive game. Um, just a shame. And you know, I think for me, what was the what made it worse was um we got in at half-time nil nil after not such a great first half. Um, so you thought, you know what? You've got 45 minutes to sort of turn this around. And I don't know what was said at halftime. I, I don't know whether the players were listening or the, the, the occasion was too much. I don't know what it was, Amanda, but I thought they came out. I thought it was worse. Um, I think what people remember as well is, Amanda, that that game was especially as well. Ben White hadn't played the previous game with yeah. was injury. Gabriel didn't look 100% fit. And Yasu, we know the problems he's had. So... We're it's the biggest game of the season with three of our main stays at the, the back, not 100%. And I think that probably set the tone for the match, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, just that, that to me was the one that stands out by a country mile.
2: Christopher?
3: Well, I too, because of the way it broke me, I would say Newcastle, but just for, this, just for a sense of something different, I have that, that Everton game, in terms mm-hmm. of individual performances, Newcastle away and Everton away, were two games in which we were terrible in the first half and often you think to yourself, Well, we won't be that bad again in the second half. We can't be that bad again in the second half. And both of those games we came out and we were worse. We were worse. So yeah, 100%. Evan.
2: I was thinking of that. Um but I've got another match that no one's mentioned yet. Um, Cookie.
1: Brian at home. That was oh yeah that was really really we had few, actually, we? <laughs> yeah, we've had a few actually haven't we've had a few too many. Yeah, that, that one was horrible. Jacker at left back got it got everything wrong that day. Yeah, he did.
2: Okay, so mine was Nottingham Forest in January, the first Sunday, the FA Cup game. I was yeah. so distraught. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was so distraught. It was and I remember doing my first show after that game. That was that week I started. I was just like, God almighty, I don't want to come on and talk about Nottingham Forest. You know, That's a Nottingham, long journey
3: home. That was a long journey home.
2: Na- Nottingham Forest. Well, Whenever you lose, it's a long journey. Even from the Emirates, it's a long journey home. <laughs> um, Nottingham Forest reminded me of the Newcastle game where they came out all guns blazing and we didn't. And the FA Cup means so much to me. I'm an older fan, aren't I? So it's massive to me. I remember watching the FA Cup from nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, sorry, from nine o'clock the build-up, then twelve o'clock. Not like now, quarter to six at night. The FA yeah, Cup—it's it's all rubbish. Yeah. They've really, really done it. Down. Dulled it down. It's horrible. Um, okay, so I think we're all going to agree on this, but let's see. Right, people in the chat room, what is your best save? And Cookie, what's your best save?
1: Uh, it's got to be that one against Leicester, yeah.
2: That was
1: mine.
2: Yeah. Anyone else got anything else? Because I think we're all going to say Leicester,
1: aren't
0: we? Well, yeah, yeah. I, go on, but No, you go Thanks, Chris. You're too kind. Um, he did Ramsdale made a brilliant save actually in the North London Derby at home when, the, yeah, I think, I think it was 3 1 at the time. Yeah, if that goes in from Sonny, he, he tipped it onto the bar, that was a fantastic save. And then obviously, the one against Leicester, which, um. Jason Kundi thought it was just a standard save, which I still can't understand to this day what he was watching. But I mean, d- yeah. you had
2: to keep. I don't know many times they replayed that, and every times I watched it, and you see every time you watched it, it felt like it got better and better. The save it was, it was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, uh, was it, yeah. it Schmeichel that said it was the best save he's it... seen in years or something? I remember Schmeichel exactly. doing something. Yeah,
0: he did say that, Amanda. He did. He tweeted it.
2: Yeah. I I think that Albert, James and, you know, Cookie, I could put my mortgage on the fact that we're all going to say Leicester because he has, you know, the first half of the season, um, he was phenomenal. Second half, he's been a bit, Mm. I love Aaron uh, Ramsdale. I've got I love that he's our goalie. I love everything about him as a human as well. I just feel that maybe he gets carried away, and he reminds me of a very young Bruce Grobbler.
3: Oh, really, rolling back the years. Can I? Can I add an honourable mention in?
2: Yes, of course, you can, darling.
3: Burnt Leno, Aston Villa, tipping the ball away. Yes. Honestly, I've never been so afraid in my life as when well. yes. conceded that free kick, and then Coutinho whips it in, and Bernd Leno knocks it wide, and then all of a sudden the, the players just surrounded him, and they're like, "Get in there, son." Yeah. Should we
2: go? We put him second, yeah. We don't normally do first and second, but second yeah, boy. definitely because definitely, definitely. Um, okay, I'm going to come to you, Chris. First worst blunder, and that can be by Ramsdale or anyone in the um, on the field.
3: So I interpreted this differently, and this is going to end up us going back into the weeds because I've written down selling a and not buying a striker in January was the worst blunder. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Okay, I never thought
3: of that one. <laughs> I can't think of a, a, an actual blunder. So I'm just going with that.
0: But let's not rake up over old ground, eh? <laughs> um, Al,
2: I've
0: got it's. I've got it's the same player twice. God against Manchester United away, and he did the same thing against Palace, giving away a penalty again against Zaha. Oh, yeah. yeah. White, needless. Particularly wow. when it gets Man United, that was just I, I couldn't believe it at the time. I thought, you, you, you're you're giving the player you're giving an excuse. It actually wasn't given at the time, but then they did VAR, and I thought, said, "Nah, that's that's a definite penalty, absolutely." And he done the thing, he done the same thing again against Palace away. So that's the blunders I'm looking at.
2: Okay, come
0: on, Cookie, your turn. So I've got
1: I've got two. My runner-up would be that Anketi miss against Everton, oh. and. My top one would be Jacker at left-back against Brighton. I can't forgive that. No. I was
2: going to say to you, the Nketiah miss at Everton, but didn't that miss when he came on as well?
1: Uh, I think I can't recall. I just remember the Enketia one, him on his knees, by the goalpost, hands in front of his face. That image has been in my mind for six months.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, You know, I was trying to think, because there's probably been loads, but... I think because I was at the Etihad game two or three, I can never remember what number it was, watching that defence capitulate after six and a half minutes. And let me tell you, we were brilliant for six and a half minutes. Um, And that's no joke. I was, I I just sat there with my head in my hands going, this could be 10. It it was just so awful for me. The combination of the whole defence was the worst for me, the worst blunder. Mm. Okay. A little bit something a bit nicer, and I think you're all going to be a little bit shocked with my answer on this one. Most improved player? Chris, go on. Uh, left
3: of field? I think Gabriel. I thought Gabriel was oh. really good for big chunks of this season. I think he's massively improved as a footballer, and he's going to be a big part of our future. And there's no, no surprise that he's been linked with moves away because people are sniffing around him. Uh, by the sounds of it, he's happy. So, yeah, Gabrielle, really impressed with him this season.
2: Sorry, I'm just going to go back to James, because you know the Everton, Aubameyang missed the city, which was easier than Eddie. I thought it was going mad, but I definitely remember that, because people made the excuse was, Aubameyang had just come on the pitch.
0: Was that against Newcastle you No, that? Everton. Everton, was it?
2: Yes, at Everton. I remember this. Thank you, James. Um, okay, sorry. I'm just, I divert. I'm diverted. Um. Gabriel for you, Chris. Cookie, you most improved.
1: Uh, I know he was only with us half a season before, but Odegaard, I uh, thought came on leaps and bounds. He showed the consistency that he hadn't done in his previous spell with us. So yeah, for me, I thought he, you know, deserved to wear that captain's armband towards the end of the season. He was
0: outstanding.
2: Albert.
0: The same as Chris Gabriel. Um First season, I thought he'd done well, to be honest with you. Played in the played in the back four, played in the back three. Mm-hmm. Um, people, man, what drives you mad, right? They go, oh, um, defenders, they get too touch tight. I don't know. Any centre-half that doesn't do that. Most of them do it. Most of the South American guys, if you watch football, Jimenez, Atletico, Diego Godin was the best at it. They, if they think they can win the ball, they will try and do that. They'll gamble. It's like strikers gambling to get in the six yard area. So Gabriel, I think he's been, I think he's been brilliant. Um, and he's fully deserved his call up to the national team. Um, and he'll get better. We're getting yeah. all different ones that's here. Got... Yeah. Yep, yeah, top most goals for centre back in the Premier League. That's the point. Gabriel
2: Martinelli, Emil Smith Rowe. So my one. <laughs> this is quite funny. Exactly what Lynn Simpson said. Shaka, I think he vastly improved this season. I actually quite enjoyed watching him. He actually passed the ball forward. I can't believe none of you are shocked after what I said on the on the uh, with mm. the pod with Danny when I wanted him gone. I have to hold my hands up. I think he's 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 vastly improved this season.
3: Would you keep him next
2: year? Yes, as a squad player, but not not as a first team. But yes, I'm a bit like that with um, God. Who was it? El Nene. As a squad player, definitely. Um, yeah, I think Xhaka definitely. Absolutely. He really did. And that's what I was going to say. That's those that the words I was looking. Second half of the season, Phil Mecca. Shaka stood up. He really did. He really did. Um, okay. Next one we're going to do is best off the bench. Cookie? I
1: think the player I probably had the most confidence in coming off the bench was Martinelli. Um But the player who made the most impact coming off the bench earlier in the season was definitely Smith Rowe. Yeah,
2: that's what I said. I was going to go for that. Chris, you're nodding.
1: Yeah, um, that's a
3: trio
0: there because Smith Rowe for
2: me.
0: Yeah. Al? Yeah, ESR had a period where he um was coming off the bench. He was doing quite well, actually, to be honest with you, Um because I, I wasn't picking him in the starting lineup. So, yeah, um ESR for me, that was an easy one.
2: Yeah, no, I thought we might all say that. Right, OK, I'll do the fav- favourite player later. Who would you like to see go? This is not us being sort of negative, but Albert, who would you like to see go? If you had to pick three players out of the team, leave.
0: God, dear. Um, well, they are given a contract to one of them recently, so that's not going to happen. Um Lacazette's <laughs> going to go, so that's one. Um I mean, two more have two more of I got I? uh good how long how long have you got um not long you've got
2: about 20 seconds young man
0: come back to me because I've, I've just did yeah, but Lacazette definitely. Lacazette definitely so Lacazette Pepe yeah. I think he will I think his time's done I'd be I'd be yeah. shocked if he's here in the yeah. summer next season sorry that's two I've got two that's I've got two so far all
2: right Chris, three players that you think you'd like to see. I'm literally
0: getting on my knees and praying.
3: (laughs) Can somebody get Cedric out of the club for the love of all that is holy? If I have to see him cross the ball (sighs) into absolutely nobody again for the 50th time in a football match, I'm going to pull out what is I've got a decent head of hair, but it'll all be gone. If I have to see Cedric (laughs) deputising for Tomiyasu next season, that's it. I'm going to go grey, I swear to all living God almighty. Please, Cedric, no more.
2: I think, listeners, watchers, fans of the Always Arsenal show, that Chris isn't keen on Cedric. I'm not sure (laughs) what gives it away. I actually thought Lacazette was gonna be number one, but I'm yeah. sure Lacazette oh, yeah. is number two for you, isn't he?
3: Albert took him for me, so yeah. I was happy with yeah. that. And we know he's at the door, so I'm kind of yeah. alright. Yeah, yeah. okay. thanks, mate. Waddle off into the distance.
2: Okay. Anyone else? You got uh, Chris. Cookie, go on, you
1: go. Uh, I mean everyone seems to have forgotten about Renard Alex Renasson. <laughs> Who is still oh my oh God! Go yeah, and, uh, we really need to get him out of here asap. Yeah.
2: Anyone else, or just the general? Are you, I mean, is oh, everyone you... happy? That, um... Yeah, and Guendouzi. I,
0: um, I see some it's people call Nuno, but that's more on loan.
2: Yeah, I don't agree with Nuno. Um, I, th- I, th- I think he's got. He's young, so let's just give him a chance. Um, I'm not going to go into the Saliba thing because we haven't got a clue what's going on there, okay, no, and that we just really don't know. So we'll just see what transpires over the summer with that one, that's for sure. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to go with the worst player this season. I don't even need to go to suburban Goonie Chris, <laughs> but I'm going to go to Albert first. Who is your worst one Player,
0: not manager. Player. Um. Oh, I expected to see more, um, because he's meant to be experienced, and that would probably be Lacquer or Lacquer Threat, as they call him. Lacquer Threat. Yeah. his Goal return. That's just. That's just not. Mm. You know. To be fair, like I know people take bring up numbers in, in comparison to the other like forward Free Player, like forward like Ford forward. Attacking mm. players in the league with people like Emmanuel Dennis and 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 um, what's his name again for West Ham, Jared Bowen and Saka and ESR have done okay. They've done okay. If you look at the numbers, They've done all right. They could have been better. I still think Saka could have, scored, could have scored more goals, but yeah, Lacazette needed to do more, man. Seriously,
2: he did a lot of work, but unfortunately, mm. we needed someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. Yes, that was the thing um cookie your worst also let me let me put it in a nicer version disappointed you Who was the player that disappointed you this season i don't like to say worst
1: mm. pepe for sure um i know people say that he, he didn't get opportunities and mm. you'd be right in saying that because he, he he didn't but whenever he came off the bench apart from a handful of games that wolves one in particular that i cited earlier I, pff, did nothing like literally did nothing and in some occasions particularly in that game away against Aston Villa was more of a hindrance than an asset to the team so for mm. me yeah he was really disappointing and he had a real opportunity this season as well because towards the end of last season he was firing mm. like he was playing really well I think you know he was up there for one of our players of the season last year he started this season in the team and almost immediately got taken out of it by Saka and never got back in so I think that pretty much sums up how his season went
2: yeah yeah um, Carl Stark said Bamiyang in the first half, Lacquer in the second half. Yeah. Um, James Pepe, sadly, he'll be brilliant for someone else, but he ain't for us. Mm. A lot of people are saying Pepe in the chat, I can see. Um, for me, who I was most disappointed, I know I know this sounds, I think, second half of the season, I was disappointed with ESR, if I'm honest. Um, Yeah, I know. I felt first half of the season, as we know, coming off the bench and everything, I'm just hoping that he regains that back the first half of the season for when we start 2022-23 season because I'm a massive champion of him. We all are. Everyone loves ESR. I was just disappointed in how he's formed it. I think COVID, I think injuries, he's a young player, young boy. Um, Just hope he gets it back. Okay, we're going to go completely opposite now, Albert. Your favourite player of the whole season?
0: Oh, that's an easy one. My Nigerian brother, man, Bukayo Saka. Excellent. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it's 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 funny because, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily... Well, some Arsenal fans, I saw it during the season, like, oh, he's, he's not been on it. I said he's played a lot of football. People go, he's young. I'm like, yeah, but just because you're young don't mean you can't get... Mentally and physically tired, Mm. had a lot of football. Um, is it right?
2: He played every single match in the Premier League. I
0: think that's, I did hear that. I did hear that. Yes, amazing. Yeah, yeah, Um, he's been excellent. And to be honest, the only criticism I have of him, Amanda, is Saka. If you're listening, just please work on your shooting, please, man. Just because it needs to be better. He should have scored a lot more goals. And this is, and this is, this is kind of a constructive criticism. He should have scored a lot more goals this season. I think he should end up with about 15 16. The, the assist, you can't really... He had, I think he had seven in the Premier League, but he would have had more if um, if some of the strikers actually put away these chances that he created. But he's been he, excellent.
2: He played too much and eventually fizzled, didn't he? Each game, he wasn't as startling as the last game. That's yeah. not his fault, and he's definitely not um, a criticism of Saka. He played too much. But, yeah. We all love ESR and Saka. Mm. Cookie, your favourite player,
1: why? I hate to sound boring, but I've got to go for Saka as well. Just Every time he gets on the ball, you feel like something's going to happen. And for him to be uh, 20 is disgusting. It's crazy how good he is for his age. Um, Mm. I think if he stays around, which I hope he will, he'll probably be my favourite player for the next decade. Easy. Yeah.
2: Suburban?
3: So... I'm actually going to go for Erdegaard, but just on the Saka thing, but just for sort of difference. But mm. Albert, I think he's going to get 15-16 next season. Yeah. If you hopefully. look at his numbers, last season he got five goals yeah. all conference, mm. I think. No, he might have got seven because he got some in Europa League. Yeah. But um this season he's got twelve and we haven't played as and we he's got eleven in the Premier League, whereas last season got I've got, a, I've got a feeling this is the this is the the sort of upward curve here. I'm I'm mm. expecting sort of minimum 13, 14, 15 goals next season from Saka. Yeah, we get that absolutely. as well as a striker opportunity to <laughs> opportunity to go. Everyone's <laughs> <I'm not choosing laughs>
2: laughing at Carl Stark. Bet Chris goes for Cedric for his favourite player, uh, Martin <laughs>
3: Erdegaard. I love the way that kid plays football. He glides across the pitch, and do you know what? When him and Saka are in close proximity to each Great other, combination. Player. They are on. They are. They are on another level. For us to have success next season. Means Martin Erdegaard and Bakayo Saka are fit for minimum 75 to 80% of it.
2: I'm with you, Suburban. It was Erdegaard for me. I love watching him. I couldn't believe that we actually got to sign him and he got he got better and better and better. And people that were criticizing, I, I often say this, I haven't got a bloody clue. Honestly, I just couldn't believe what I was what I was seeing. But I will say, and I've often said this: when he's great, he's brilliant. But my God, when he's terrible. He doesn't seem to have an in-between that he's either involved in everything or he just gives penalties away and gives the ball away. I think he's got a lot of work to do on certain areas. But, wow, I love having him. And this is interesting, James. Erdogan created 61 chances for a team without a striker. Give him a striker and we'll be pissing through Cheerios without getting them wet. Okay, yeah, I think I think
0: we've heard, we've heard a guy quickly. I think a lot of people, some not a lot of people, some Arsenal fans were kind of saying, like, um he's, he's brilliant when he's at the Emirates, just some just the away game, something that you, you want to see a little bit more. You want to see him his before a little bit more. But that's listen, hopefully that will be the case yeah. next year.
2: Yeah, it will come. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Right, we're gonna rate Arteta OK, I'm going to go to Cookie first. You can have a little bit of time to explain. I'd like you to explain your rating and then why.
1: We doing it out of 10?
2: Yes, it's out of 10, sorry. Uh,
1: just based on this season? Yes. I'll go, I'll go for a seven on the basis that I think he has built the foundations of a really good team. I don't think that can be denied. Had we finished the season with Tierney, Partey and Tomiyasu all fit, I'm confident in saying we'd have got top four and we'd have got it comfortably. So I've got no problems with the foundations he's built. I do think there is a slight mentality problem. And I think that was evidenced in the games against Spurs, in the games against Newcastle and in some of those other ones. I still think tactically he's a little bit naive, as per the jacker at left back against Brighton. Um I still think he's guilty of making the wrong decisions at times, but, you know, I don't want to keep using this uh, he's inexperienced excuse anymore because well, he's not really. I mean, he's, <clears throat> he's he's learning on the job and he's coming into what, is, what will soon be his third season. So um, I don't want that to still be an excuse. Next season is is everything for him. He's got this window to make sure that we get all the finishing touches almost in place, because like I say, we've got the foundation there, now it's just about smoothing it off, and uh, if we don't do that, if we don't get to where we need to be this time next year, I mean, even if we're, we're not looking good at Christmas, I think there's going to be real questions asked because although I really like him, and I want nothing more than for it to work out, he's not irreplaceable, and um, there are managers out there that can take, take Arsenal to the next level, but where I am so invested in this project. And I want to see more. I really, really do want to see more. and I want to see it work out. He's still the man for me. He's still my man. And um, yeah, fingers, toes, everything crossed. That it works out.
2: I'm going to go to Albert Lars, Chris.
1: <laughs> so this is tough because I'm,
3: I wrote down seven out of 10, but I've also then got bracket six because I'm really, if he's getting a six, like he's just, sorry, if he's getting a seven. He's just scraping in like I'm rounding up. He's like on the 6.5 or something and I'm rounding up because for me, it's a lot of what Cookie said. I think sometimes he's been too rigid and too stubborn with his tactical approach. Now, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. Granite Jacker at left back is going to work and it doesn't. But there's been a few examples like that that I've seen during the season and agreed. We're now two and a half years in, so he's not a rookie manager anymore. He is, he is a manager who has managed... One of the elite football clubs in world, in the world football, and he's two and a half years into it. So we need to see something next season. I think also, did he? How much input did he have? How much did he agree of what happened in January? Because I can't imagine that he's just sort of sat there and meekly gone, okay, then yeah, offload all these players and Mm. uh, offload all these players, and it'll be fine. So I think he's had some part to play in that. And I think what happened this summer may also dictate what people feel about him because if he can attract the right players and people talk about if he's backed and stuff like that, but he's still got to attract those players. So it's a tough one. If I'm going to, if I'm going to say a seven, it's kind of like a, I've rounded you up Arteta from a six and a half. Okay.
2: Gone on, Elb. I can't read uh, for I'll this one. Him,
0: I'll give him a six out of 10. Um, Chris and, 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 and Cookie raised a good point in the sense of, I know people keep talking about the inexperienced thing, but you know, is it, it, it's, it's going to get down to a question. With some Arsenal fans are past that point already. How they feel about a guy way back, but um, it's going to get to a point. Is he is he making the decisions he's making in terms of the, the formations and the tactics and the substitutions based on is, is it inexperience or is he just being plain stubborn? And that those are two completely different things. And, you know, he's coming into his third full season now, coming into um, the next season. So I don't think you can put it down to that. Um, I just think, I, I look at our best chance to have got back into the Champions League for what, we've been out of it now, what, for six seasons, I think it is. Um, And I fear for him next season if I'm being totally honest, I know people go, oh yeah, but the transfer window's not, I said, yeah, I understand, that. I get that. Um, but as we have been led to believe, Amanda, they've got their plans in place, they know who they want to get in. You've even seen other clubs have been doing business already. Um, I mean, for example, Villa, I think they're going to bring in um, Bubakar Kamara. He's someone I would love to see the Arsenal personally, but it's not going to happen. Um, and Chris, I think Chris made the point in terms of Is Arteta able to, is, is, is the pull of Arsenal is one thing. It's another thing in terms of the manager who's going to be there. And I always make this comparison in terms of, you know, Stevie G, for example, hasn't been a manager for long as such, but he has that pull in terms of certain players might want to come to the club and play from at Villa. I'm not sure whether Mikel Arteta has that, that pull, but we're going to see. Um, But yeah, I'll I'll give it a a six out of 10. We're back in Europe. so. Okay, so so
2: we got six and two sevens. But Albert, you know, Jesus has been mentioned a lot in the last what three weeks. Obviously, the link you say about whether they want to play for Arteta, play for Arteta, and play for the Arsenal. You know, he's he's not he's not a hated manager, is he? He's a disciplinarian, which is what we need. Okay, he's got rid of what we need to get rid of. I'm telling you, and I'm I'm. I'm really positive for next season. I'm really looking forward to it. I think this is the first season. I'm really like, it, it, it's, it's, I can't think of the word like hit or bust. I don't think that's the right saying, but it's, it's, it's this season that's going to be really exciting. He's got us to fifth. He's got us European football. Unfortunately, we've got Thursday nights and Sunday football, but I'm looking forward to the first Europa night. Um, I've given him, Really weirdly, I'm a bit lower than both of you two, but I've gone with 6.75. I can't just give him that seven yet. I just I just can't. Um, but definitely over six and a half. So I'm in between rounding it up to 6.75. There, there's been errors. There definitely has. Um, I think the Jacques at left back when we all knew, and none of us are managers, none of us. Um, I feel that was a massive blunder and cost us um do do managers make mistakes of course they do um is he learning on the job unfortunately for us he is yeah he is but he could be an amazing manager he could be and I'm like you James I'm really looking forward to next season with him I'm more excited coming into this the last couple of seasons I've been a bit like yeah thank god it's over and get on the summer you know don't have to think about it you know I've actually missed it this weekend I've missed it and you know, my dad, you know, my dad was talking about some stuff and I said, well, the fixtures are out in two weeks. So, you know, got to renew your season ticket. Fixtures are out. You can look at all that. Season's going to start early. My birthday is the end of July. I think we've got a tournament then. I think then we start, don't we, 6th of August. So I'm actually quite buzzing for it. So people in the chat room, what's your out of 10 for Arteta? Come on, let's have a look at yours. But before I do, I'd just like to say, Wiggy, that really means a lot. Wiggy Gunner, great podcast, guys. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to all of us. Um, Anything else, guys? Any other business before we shoot off? Can I say just one thing?
3: It's really interesting. It's linked to the Arteta thing. I think next season is massive as well because he's going to have to do something he hasn't done before, which is juggling. And he wasn't that great at juggling rotation, this season, and it cost us. And I don't think last season, when we were in the Europa League, he was that great either. Because if you think about what happened, you know, we we fell away in the league, and we had to claw back our second half of the season. We also, I think he made some poor decisions in that Villarreal semi-final. So, this is a really big thing for Arteta because he's gutted the team this year and he's dropped a whole load of players out of the team. He's got to build up a squad that can compete on multiple fronts. So I think this is going to be really interesting to see how he gets on. But he might
2: not have been well rotational. Sorry, Albert, bring you in a no, second. He no. might not have been real rotational with a thin squad. Let's see what – I'm so fascinated. I'm hoping it's not going to be a damp squib in the summer and we just get one player in. And that's it because we need three, don't we?
1: Five oh, needs to be more than three.
2: Yeah, okay. I'm being realistic. We need five, but we'll probably get three. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Albert, sorry, I don't sorry, think go we on.
1: will. I think we'll get five. Do you? Yeah, I do. Honestly, do. Okay, love it.
2: Um, Albert, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say?
0: That's all right. No, um, I, I think Chris kind of touched on what Chris was saying in terms of. Um, because obviously last season we had no European football. We was at both domestic cup competitions in January. So like I said, I mentioned before, at the time when we played West Ham away, which you went to, the great seats, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. West, Ham, West Ham had played 11 more games than us at that point. Now, if we'd have played 11 more games, more three months worth of football with that squad, our I, I, goodness knows what the season would have been like. But coming into this season, next season, it's about the execution of what they're talking about in terms of the targets and when you talk about in terms of like realistic in terms of players coming in I, I said in the summer, Arsenal realistically, um, they need to bring in four right, so whatever happens in January, depending where we are come December, January, that's kind of the way you kind of pinpoint and look at where we are you might bring in a couple more, but initially summer wise, I would expect to see a minimum of four come in, if I don't see four come in, then I'll be starting to get worried
2: Yeah Chris, you agree with that?
3: Yeah, 100%. Because if you think about, I don't even know, I can't remember the, what the size of our squad is at the moment, but I think we've got something like 17 first-team players. If you assume that Pepe's gone and you've got the likes of Burnt Leno who could be going, and all right, we're replacing him with that chap. Um, I think it's Taylor, is it? Or Matt, Turner, Matt, Turner, right? yeah, Matt Turner, yeah. Matt Turner, yeah. Turner. You know, we, they, he phys- they physically have to buy volume, but they've got to get it right quality-wise, But they don't because we don't have the squad to compete. So Albert's right. It needs to be a minimum of four.
2: I don't know if you remember when uh, Wenger first came in and he brought all these players in I'd never heard of. I didn't even know who they were. I remember going to match going, so who's Patrick Vieira? Who's Emmanuel Petit? Can you imagine if we have a summer like that, Cookie? If we just get these, we'll know they are, but we just get these players in and it's just a godsend.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the dream, isn't it? I mean, if we could sign four or five players that we've not heard of before and for them to just slot into the team and it work out brilliantly, that'd be lovely. But I think, you know, we're going to need to sign a few players that, um, that that we already know are being talked about. I still think Jesus and Tielemans would be a great start. And then someone like Aaron Hickey would be perfect for our fullback situation, someone who can cover both sides. And the good thing about those players is kind of all three of those ones I've just mentioned are a bit versatile. So Jesus can play wide, Tielemans can play in several different positions across the midfield. So, um, yeah, if we're identifying that sort of player, that's only going to benefit the uh, the
0: squad. Yeah, sorry, Amanda. Sorry. sorry, Amanda. Can I just add on to what James was saying? Mm-hmm, James, you make a good point because you don't know, you know make me bad. I don't know how you guys feel, right? I feel like pulling my hair out sometimes, right? When you watch <laughs> Premier League football, and you watch players from other clubs and you go, oh, he's a good player. Or, you know, for example, Ward Prowse or someone else, he's a good player. When we get links with players, I don't mean paper talk. I'm talking about serious, serious links, right? So, Yuri Tielemans is a good example. I see Arsenal, some Arsenal fans, not all. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not sure about him. Are you crazy? <laughs> you don't, you, you're turning your nose up at Yuri Tielemans. Like, I don't understand it. Like, he's the right age. He's played in the Premier League for, I don't know, have, what, three, four years now. Um, he's, a, he's a very good player. He's an international for, for um, Belgium. What would be the cons? I, I don't understand our fans. I, I really don't understand it. I don't get them. I don't get it. For 25 mil as well. Is, I don't get it, James. <laughs> no, I really don't understand it. Like, even the with Tammy Abrahams, for example. Like, We've
2: not understand. signed him yet, Albert.
0: No, I'm saying in terms of if, like, they're talking about players that would improve the team. They're Premier League proven, and yet you now you have res, now you have reservations. All right, I'll let you off. Yeah, it, it's I, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't really understand it. It's, it's the just, same with Jesus though.
3: Like I've yeah. seen people saying about Jesus, yeah. like oh, you know, look at his XG numbers or whatever it is. It's like guys, we've just gone through a season where our main centre forward scored four
0: goals.
2: Like <laughs> what, what what what's oh, going
0: on? Thank you. Exactly, it's crazy
2: all oh, right i'm just going to put a few comments up because they're so nice um phil macker always arsenal pod is a perm fixture for me now thank you so much but i love this one andy love a great show and would be great to have this lineup weekly let me tell you about these three guests andy we love Andy. We, love andy. L- we all love andy i agree with Andy on everything weirdly um These three boys have been with me during all the shows at different times with different guests and everything, and they are definitely three of my favourites. Absolutely love them. Chris and I have been social at Arsenal before. Albert, I love Albert, and James as well. We've been on pods together for years, haven't we, over time. Albert, I want everyone to follow Albert as well because I do not understand Harry's podcasts do not get hundreds and hundreds watching. He has the life stories, which thank you for inviting me on. Of course, the one of course. the I have to say this, Albert. The one with Mo, what, what's mm-hmm. his um I can't Mo Hader, Mo Hader, yes. Was absolutely phenomenal. I absolutely I made everyone listen to that because people get an impression of people through Twitter. Yeah. A little bit, you know, when he's on Arsenal fan TV, I know people don't like it, that's fine. But what a story he had. And I loved it. And I'm going to get Mo to come on here as well. What I'm going to do during the summer is I'm going to not do a live stories, but I'm going to just have a one-to-one guest. Um, I'm definitely getting Stuart, the photographer, back, Arsenal's photographer, because what a show that was. I'm just going to go through some of the shows that I've done since January. It's the end of the season. I want to thank every single person that came on, from Alan Smith to Stuart, the photographer. I tell you, one of my favourite shows was Mark Goldbridge, the Man United fan, who does not do any coll- collabs, collabs, whatever you call them.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he,
2: doesn't. he doesn't. And there is he's on Sport. He's even said he's going to come back on. I absolutely love talking to him because the way he spoke about uh, Conte and Arteta was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. as well. I love hearing other fans talk about sensible talk about other clubs, the way I talk about other clubs. Um some of the guests I've had are amazing. My dad's going to come back on. He's only done one show. Awesome. Um, go kill Kelby. He's got so many stories. And last week I did a tribute to Anfield 89 on the night, and I had my cousin on who's never done a pod in his life. He's not even on social media, and my cousin was brilliant, and the other guests were fantastic as well. That was a brilliant show because that is obviously close to all our hearts, and the fact that, Yes, I was there. Um, the show was lovely, and you know you've all been so kind to me i'm I've always nervous coming onto shows, but the people in the chat room are great. You three have supported me since day one. I love all of you. Thank you so much. Chris, tell everyone where everyone can find you. um Suburban Guna.
3: Dot com is the way. Every- <laughs> this is website. so funny
2: because look what i've just said uh, as i've said it adam said how can i subscribe to the other guys well, adam just twitter. listen now right go on and,
3: and then on twitter it's just suburban Guna, just one word
2: nice and easy go and follow him his pods are brilliant early in the morning cookie where can we find you and what you're doing
1: i'm no longer doing the youtubes unfortunately so you can find me here uh or just give me a follow on twitter at jecook 96
2: there we go. Albert, please tell it. I want everyone to follow
0: Albert. I do. I think your shows are great. I love them. No, pretty much love them, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, the support's been amazing. Um, Yeah, Um, Albert JTV, put that into any YouTube search engine. Uh, My Twitter handle is at AUMO57. I am 30, I think I'm 35 subscribers off 1K. So hopefully I'll get there soon.
2: Oh, you're going to get there. I'm going to make sure everyone subscribes to yay. I, 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 I love championing people that have got a good heart, a good soul and interesting. You know, I listened to your shows when you had the girls on, when you do that panel that med, what's it called? Surgery or something. Weekly really. surgery. That's Weekly the
0: one, yeah. surgery. Needed? I, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't have time to listen to a lot of pods. You know, I try to listen when people I know are on pods, but I really enjoyed that. And it's really cool. So everyone, please go. and pull out it. Thank you. Right. Thank you, That's Thank it guys. 21 shows down since January. I'm knackered, but I'm still going to do quite a few shows over the summer. I am tired. It's been hard when you do a post-game show and you've lost. Albert, how many times have I said to you, I don't want to come on? I really don't. Yeah, but, but, and And when we've won, it's phenomenal. Let's hope next season is. I'd like to thank you all in the chat room. Please press like. Please subscribe. Please stay with me during the summer. And um, oh, that's really sweet. I'm just putting nice things up tonight. Oh, good. He already follows good you. Night. Go on, Nigel. Um, it was fantastic to meet yourself and Carla Mandra at the footing. Always a pleasure to t- tune into your podcast. And you, Rob. Sorry, I didn't have much time to talk to you. I was talking to Steph. But um, it was lovely. Right, everybody. This is it. T- season 22, 21, 22 is over. We go into the next season. We're always going to be positive because we're always Arsenal. Aren't we, everybody? Always Arsenal. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's
2: my little
3: escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>